Yo creo que si me conocieras sabrías que la muerte es mi pan y el peligro mi mantequilla. No, el peligro es mi pan y la muerte es mi mantequilla. No, no, espera. El peligro es mi pan, la muerte, no, la muerte. No, perdón, la muerte es... La muerte y el peligro son mis varios panes y mantequilla. When's the last time any of you have been to a mall? A mall? Like two weeks ago. What about which, you, Andy? Which mall? Much longer, but I'm really glad about it. Well, well, before that, I don't remember the last time I was in a mall. Well, I can tell you that I hadn't been in a mall in a while. We were out there this weekend, and I was quite taken aback because I did not realize that malls are now... They're so sad now. Well, they're 80 to 90% sneaker stores, shoe stores. And then the other ones are just all closed. Yeah, or just closed stores. It's at best the biggest category is athletic gear. But there's also um, elderly there's people walking laps. Lids. There's <laughs> always a hat store. Is Lids spelled with an S or a Z? An S. Really? Yeah. You don't think they would go it's that a way? Lost opportunity. I know. Really? Yeah. I mean, I mean, because because you know how one of my pet peeves is using the Z in place of the S when the sound is actually S rather than Z. Did like, you love that? Doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> how did you do with that uh, James Franco skit on Saturday Night Live with the pizza? Wait. Uh, I don't know, but like Sheets is an example of that. A gas station, like Wawa type thing that we have right. here. Sheets with a Z. It doesn't make any sense at all. But I don't I don't know the James Franco reference. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? No. Sorry. No, I, I'm i not sure why we saw that. I don't really watch that night live. Yeah. But it was a whole, uh, they they made a huge deal out of um, the, the guy on the stand calling it Za. And then the Franco, the, the uh, lawyer challenging him and showing how he was lying because it's Pete za, not za. And so he kind of walked back the whole za, za. I guess we'll have to go back and watch that. You would appreciate it with your Z and your S thing. It was a relevant point. Okay. I'm not claiming it was a funny skit. It just mac- matches your point about your Zs and Ss. Okay. Okay. I get it. I can ask one of those things where I wish you had been there. Yeah. All of you. Because I have, uh, I, I get a half hour when I, I take my son to his violin lessons. He's playing violin. Oh, he plays so many instruments. He plays two. He plays clarinet and violin. <laughs> very different instruments. And uh, it's very it's concentrated true. half hour. Like uh, it goes very quickly. And it's like I, there's no internet, so I get a lot done in those thirty minutes. Mm. Except in the there's like a bank of six rooms, so there's all kinds of music, music lessons going on. Mm-hmm. And it's not like they're soundproof rooms, so you can hear them all. Sure. Ugh. When he's taking the violin lesson, there's only two people there. It's him and it's a woman teaching singing. Okay. And <laughs> this woman drives me insane. Okay. The other day she was meowing. Oh yeah, you mentioned that, and it was not just once or twice. It was just really loud and very extensive. Yeah, you you texted me about that as though I knew what you were talking about. <laughs> well, because you should just imagine immediately the horror of I'm stuck in a, a a closed box with somebody meowing loudly. Yeah, but that 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 needs context usually when you text <laughs> me things like that. It's just insane. Like her vocal exercises, I'm gonna. I went a long time accepting that this is just must must be what what singers do, and what do I know? I don't know how to sing. I don't know how to learn how to sing. She's the teacher, so all the weird things that sound weird to me must be how it goes. But I gave up on that like maybe six or eight months ago because it was just so insane. And then she's just meowing at great length, and it wasn't it wasn't towards any end. It wasn't like all right now we got it now we can meow. It was like I'm just gonna meow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, the text that I got you, got from you, the freaking singer teacher and her weird-ass meowing. <laughs> so I'm not sure you, you could see that. That was the whole text, just that, that was the whole one, text. like, incomplete sentence. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's very typical. <laughs> <laughs> This episode 109, CIX of Fairy Spreads and Butters. Six. Six. Kicks. That's that's going to confuse some people. Um, episode 109 of Fairy Spreads and Butters. I'm your host, Simon Portman Tone. Why did you let it go by that a hard G is the G sound? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Not a J. But yeah. if you say like a hard C, wouldn't you think that would be K instead yeah. of S? S. Yeah. But if you follow the G pattern. Yeah. So <laughs> when did we decide that? I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> 
With me as always is That's my... That's the kind of detail that gets edited out. Yeah. <laughs> With me as always is my co-host, Ben Brickhouse-Cohen. Out in the studio, we have just a plethora of interns. We've got, uh, I'm going to say, Andy, star student Mitchell, Claire, TV Dinner Swanson, Ben, Sesame Street, Gordon, and our producer, Michelle-Polton-Simon. But... With us in studio, very special guest from the English department at Lafayette College, Dr. Meg Fernandez. Me- Meg, how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah? How are you? Are you excited to Welcome be here? Welcome to the show, so Meg. I'm so excited. Yeah. So you're, you're coming in here today. You don't live in Easton, right? I do not. You don't. So, I mean, so part you're, of the time you're traveling. I, do. I travel. You yeah. travel a lot. Okay. I come from the city. Okay. Which how did one? You know that? Well, the city. Well, you you said Philadelphia. Today. You thought we were interviewing the football coach oh. today. I thought I was. I, I'm 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 not good at all this. Stuff. He was prepared for a lot of football questions. Oh my gosh! So if you want to do those, I know all of those. Yeah. Well, yeah. one one all one of footballs. my <clears throat> one of my best friends is Steve Boletto, and oh. and he had mentioned that you lived in New York yeah. City, and we're, we would like to get Steve on the show, but he'll never be on the show. Why? Because he'll just never it's be on the tall. show. He's, Steve he's is sort of the central kind of communicator of the department. Yeah. I'm like, what's going on with so and so? He knows everything. He does know he a lot of things, yes. Yeah. Um, but so you, so you're uh, you're living in New York City, uh-huh. and because we're so close to New York City, that's we a possible that's a possible thing. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. people commute. Yeah, uh-huh. right. Yes, but you're not from New York City. I'm not. I'm actually from Philly. You're from Philly, aren't I you? Am. Okay. Yeah. So born and raised. Uh, I was born in Edmonton, Alberta. No way, you're yes. Canadian. I am Canadian, uh, just like really? me. You're from you, Toronto. You right? I'm from Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So uh, center of. Canada. Yes. Um, now, are it's just you like New York? It is okay. So you're from Edmonton. I am. Uh, how how long were you there? Uh, seven years. Seven years. Okay. Uh, and so you are you have Canadian citizenship? I do. Wow, yes. sweet. But you but you are also an American citizen. I just became an American in 2004. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Well, Did, have you met Wayne Gretzky? Actually, I passed Wayne Gretzky one time in the streets what? in New York uh, oh. years ago when I was yeah. little, and my okay. dad chased after him. It was like super awkward. That is. Did super he awkward. just say like something about Edmonton? I mean, I walked the other way. I wasn't about to. Was this after you were an American or before? Uh, I think this was before I was an American, so I wow. think it was okay. Okay. Yeah. So so you grew up, until you were seven in Edmonton, where did you go after that? Uh, I went to Philly. Went to Philly? Um, okay. My dad got job offers in uh, Philly and in San Francisco and okay. in Houston oh. and decided Philadelphia <laughs> was the place. They okay. like the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. What does he do? He is an eye doctor. Okay. So he got a job at Will's Eye. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. great. And so you grew up in Philly. And then where'd you go to where'd you go to school? I Actually, mean, if, I went so I went to Delaware for undergrad, uh-huh. and I was a bio major in undergrad okay. because my parents were like, "You're not. Yep, you go and do science." Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's Del- um, Delaware's? What the fighting? I don't know. State blue, hen, blue hens or something. Blue hens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a huge school. It's yeah, huge. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and then I went to Santa Barbara for my PhD. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, a little that, bit different. That weather's real nice. But you there. got an MFA. I did, and then I got an MFA at Boston University. You got MFA after you got your PhD? I kind of did it while I was doing my PhD. Wow. From Santa Barbara and Boston? So it was like my, what is it, fourth year I got into a one-year MFA at BU while I was in my PhD program, and I went to the department head, and I was like, hey, I was on fellowship the following year, and he's like, you know, you write two chapters of your dissertation, you can go. Wow. And so I just kind of went. And your your PhD in Santa Barbara was in English? Was in English. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. how did how did you transition from biology to English? Did that happen during undergraduate? Well, uh, yeah, no, it funny was. story. Well, yeah, I so I I was also a major in I double majored in English as an undergrad, okay. which is pretty easy to do to double major in English, mm-hmm. like a lot of our students do it here. Yeah. Um, but I was working at a lab mm-hmm. on mRNA transcripts at the Delaware Biotechnology Center. Okay. And I was just like, found it really depressing. Yeah, but but has that influenced your writing? Absolutely. Okay. Actually, yeah. Actually, okay, there you go. It has. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like a lot of really interesting linguistic reflexes and like the syntax of scientific mm. writing is kind of interesting to me. Mm, okay. But um, I, like I was the working. Fact, what? I, know, I just like that you two have never met, so I'm just gonna. Yeah, we're just. Oh, I'm sorry. We're I'm just gonna go get a drink. You? Okay. Oh god. Yeah, oh, I'll be god. back later. <laughs> let let what me do you think, tell ben? her story. Yeah. <laughs> and so. After you did your M- MFA. You thought that she didn't even go to undergrad. She went straight to MFA. But I okay. thought that was cool because I thought it was just like LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he did, right? Uh, he didn't, yeah, do, he didn't sure. go to college. He went straight, straight to his MFA. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's killing it. He's doing well. For he's himself. doing okay, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think Nobody's doing, worried about him. That's what, you know, get an MFA. Could be like, That's just what like everybody LeBron. says, right. yeah. 
Um, Are you laughing because you get that analogy all the time? The uh, LeBron Meg? I mean, all the time. This is the third time today, actually. Yeah. 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 The listeners can't hear this. Meg is seven feet tall. (laughs) I'm really tall. She's super tall. So if you see her around (laughs) campus, you'll know. You'll you'll see her. Um, Now, when did you finish your MFA? In 2012. Did you do anything between that and here, or did you come directly to Lafayette? I taught at Brown for a year, and then I taught at Concordia University in Montreal for a year. And then I came back, to Back home to Canada. Uh-huh. Back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, I like Montreal. It's freezing, but it's nice there. It's, yeah. a, it's a good city. Yeah. It's not as good, not, not so good as Toronto, but it's a good city. Okay. So now you can ask your How questions. How are we doing? Yeah. Now you can ask your questions. <laughs> well, now I'm all flummoxed. Oh. I don't know where we are. Oh. You blew through the journey questions, like just right off Woo. the bat. I know. So. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. MFA. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means a lot of different things. What What did you do? Like, why did you do an MFA? I did it in poetry, and BU is kind of like a conservative program, so we did like a lot of alcaics and writing. Those are types of batteries. Meters. Alcaics. Yep. Any sestinas? Uh, we didn't do any sestinas. I think we did some villanelles and sonnets, and we did a lot of imitative poetry exercises. I had Rosanna Warren, who was Robert Penn Warren's daughter, who was oh. my professor, and she was like really hardcore. <laughs> um, and then we had Pinsky and Dan Jason. So it was like a very kind of um, structured, and formal. It was opposite of my PhD. My PhD are they known was to be, about that. They're all known to be conservative? Not conservative. I mean, like the program itself is just like was very, I would say, traditional. You know, we like learned how to write in meter mm-hmm. because that was important. We like read Beowulf. All, you know? po- all poetry has to run. That's very conservative. But did you, if you were an English biology double major at Delaware mm-hmm. with, with the fighting blue hens, sure. is that what we agreed? I was yeah. Thanks for recapping. How, but so how did you get in? What, how does one become a poet? Is it because they love poetry or you find a, a talent in it or you're, you're drawn to it? Um, it is a cliche. I actually went to Paris for a year nice. when I was a grad student. Mm-hmm. And Hang out with Hemingway. Um, his He's great, passed. All his oh. greats. Um, mm-hmm. and, and not a poet. <laughs> okay. Went to a st- like saw an ad in a newspaper for like a work- poetry workshop, and I was yeah. like, oh, I should go to that because I, you know, I liked reading poetry for my master's exam. I was just yeah. gonna like try and see if I was any good at it. Mm. I suspected not, and then ended up at this like amazing workshop in um, northern Paris with two other women, which like we just called the sisterhood after a while. And you went to this workshop just because you were in Paris at the time. I was just in Paris, and I saw it like in the newspaper, newspaper and I was like, ad. I should just like, speak French. Stop by. I speak some French, yeah. I speak okay French. See, is that because of the Canada? No, I think that's just because, you know, you have to choose a language in school. Was it, just it seems like um, not so much the beret wearing thing, but <laughs> when people really appreciate a poem, do they all snap? No. There's no snapping. Nobody does that. I mean, maybe back in the coffee shops in the village. Yeah, it's a lot of this now. People knock on things. So Paris really pulled you into poetry and you went to a workshop because you saw like an ad. Yeah, I was just like, let's see if I can do this. And then I just loved it. It was like every Tuesday people This was while you were getting your PhD at Santa Barbara and we were in Paris for a year. Yeah, I was at like the Center for Literature and Cognition. It was like a part of Paris 8. Were you there because you were doing research? doing research with this professor named Noelle Bott, who was like a neurolinguist or something. And she was really interesting and bizarre, but she was also like really into Dickinson and poetry. And she was cool. And I was like, yeah, she came to Santa Barbara the year before. And then I followed her to Paris the year after that. She knew about that, though. She knew. She knew. Yeah, she was aware. I didn't just show up to her. (laughs) Um, Now, what do you do in a poetry workshop? That's a very good question. I know. I'm really good at this. It's not just about feelings. Yeah, no, I I mean it's just like like so you, you do that workshop, you uh-huh. don't you don't go in saying, I have no idea what poetry is and then come out like an amazing poet. Like they're like you're honing your skills maybe, maybe somehow. She What's that? I don't know. Maybe, maybe you did. Is. You didn't know what poetry was and you went in there, what is poetry? Yeah, I think it yeah. took a long time for me to like really actually understand like mm-hmm. what a good poem was or how to write it. But you have to read a lot. That's what I tell everyone. It's mm-hmm. like an annoying thing to tell students, yeah. but it's the right. truth. I'm just like, just read all this and whatever sticks. Like be open, be impressionable. I think being impressionable is really good yeah. for a young poet. Yeah. yeah. So at what point does the, your connection to science and technology studies come about? Well, yeah, and I was an undergrad. I was working in this lab, um, and I wrote my personal statement for grad school in English about working in, like, a lab and, like, finding, like, really being interested in these visualization technologies, of, like, mm-hmm. things that were at one point, like, sub-perceptual, so you couldn't see things, but, like, you had all these mediating technologies that yeah. were, like, rendering things legible, right, or mm-hmm. intelligible, 
And so I wrote it about that. And Santa Barbara is kind of like a weird, really experimental theory program. It's like not, my joke is that like you go there and get a PhD, but you can't, you don't really study literature. Hmm. You study like everything about literature in okay. this literature program. Um, so there were like most everybody was like writing about video games and, you know, people were doing like really cool things with critical race studies. But it's almost like you could do everything except. Now, what disciplines were they drawing in to that particular program? Media studies heavily. Okay. Like this was also a time when like media studies was like really coming out and emerging. Mm-hmm. They had like a new media studies program that okay. was like only a few years old at that time. So the okay. English department was really supporting that program okay. at the time. Yeah. Um, but uh, science and tech, critical race, American studies, wow. gender and sexuality, queer theory. Yeah, yeah. So it was a good program for that wow. kind of stuff. So. That's a lot of that's a so lot of interdisciplinarity. You knew that you wanted to go to that program. I mean, I didn't know anything. I was 22. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I guess I'll go to California. I knew I wanted to go to California. I think that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of like decided to make the leap. I mean, we, were just, we were just talking about how nice the weather is there. Oh, it's so nice. Oh, it's so nice. It's, it's like 70 break, degrees in January. News. Yeah. Yeah. You heard it here first. Yeah. We also listened to Hotel California on the way here. <laughs> wow. What was your comment oh, on, on that? On that on the I was just asking the interns this. You say it's from, what, 76, 77? 76. There's that one lyric in there about how they haven't had that spirit here since 1969. Yeah. And when you hear it now, it's as if, oh, my gosh, it's how could you ask that question? Like, it's been so long. But at the time. But at the time, that was barely recently. Yeah. That's like you ask somebody something now, like, you know, God, it's been since, what, 2014? Yeah. That's just not, we don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, how dare you ask? I'm like, that's not that long ago. Yeah. We just accept that that time scale? Yeah. I think we do. This is a, this is critiquing song song lyrics with men <laughs> yeah. Yeah. were you uh upset on the the storyline on girls when um lena dunham went to iowa's mfa program uh i don't really watch girls me neither so <laughs> so ben just asking himself a question <laughs> but how 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 do you feel about it I, uh girl i i feel, you know i feel like i was okay okay i, I think oh, good people go. come out of there that's fine <laughs> i good. heard yeah I've only seen one episode, but it's okay. You can like just, girls. Just that episode? I haven't seen that episode. I just heard wow. people complaining about. It's oh, fun. I can't believe this season she's going to Iowa's MFA program. Wow. Iowa. Where, where are you hearing this side uh, gossip? On you know my Vanity Fair, mm-hmm. Hollywood Reporter, oh, Twitter, sure. Buzzfeed, Twitter. Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Social media. I'm kind of like anti-screen. Yeah. For the past two years. Yeah. Like, I love television. I like to consume television. I'm not one of those, like, righteous people who's like, I don't watch any those television. Those are those common screens, too. I know. I love television. You it's certainly great, don't watch but girls. But I don't watch any TV from August to December. Like, I make, like, a, like I just don't watch TV. And then wow. I watch, like, copious amounts of TV. Is it because, like, the harvest either. season or something? You... I don't know. I just yeah. like to go yeah, outside. Out I think fields. it's good to go outside and, like, you know, that is good. see well, the I, people. August but then I make December. up for it. So it's, like, not like, uh huh, look, I don't watch TV. It's like I watch a shit ton of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what? So what have you? What was the last thing you just that you binged? It's embarrassing. It was no, like it's really not. late. No. Uh, he likes the Money Pit. Oh, it's such a good movie. Um, binge watched. I probably like binge watched like Fixer Upper. Oh, okay. Uh, when I was like at a conference hotel and yeah. I just watched like you know six hours of like Fixer Upper and, I was, and like, really genuinely moved by yeah. people's reactions to their houses and also like yeah. wow you could get like a really nice house in Waco Texas for like. Oh yeah, hundred thousand dollars, and then and then spending another fifty fixing it up. What do you think about their love fancy. story? The Authentic? hosts of that show are really cute. They I are think. so cute. Thank you for saying that. I think they're adorable. Joanne and Chip, are they? Wow, well, I didn't Chip know their name. They okay. have so many kids too. They have like oh. they like have six kids. That's ridiculous. This there's your there's your new segment. Wow, I don't know if I want to watch <laughs> the that. gang talks about fixer upper. I would. I, I just start started watching Nailed It on Netflix. Have you Have you guys heard of this show? Mm. It's no. when it's when it's about nail. I don't. I don't like shows about uh, no, carpentry. no, no. It's not carpentry. <laughs> it's about cooking, and they get amateur cooks. I don't believe you to make like a cake that you know a professional made, and they do it terribly. And the whole humor of the show is how terribly their renditions. But this and it's is like, like nailed it. <sighs> So much of reality TV is about like humiliation. No, they they, they love it. It's good. So you're saying that? Okay, all right. They love it. Uh, <laughs> I think they get you know ten thousand dollars to humiliate themselves essentially. <laughs> um, but I mean, I guess it's a low stakes humili- humiliation. I mean, sure. they know that they're not great chefs or anything like that. There's other there's better Texas based yeah. TV shows. You know, that's not a Texas based TV show. No. It's a Netflix based TV. Did show. anybody out there name a really good Texas based TV show? No, um, there's no Texas based TV shows. Are you talking about? Friday Night Lights. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my lord. We'll, we'll get we'll get to talking about football shows when uh, we. Are, you guys yeah. are really disappointed the football coach is in here. <laughs> Simon won't watch The Wire because he thinks it's about like 
long thin threads of of metal yeah it's true i'm not i'm not into electronics <laughs> he won't watch or the synopsises no yeah no he's not synopses he hates uh, uh any any form of saxophone especially soprano so he yep. won't watch that won't do that no music he hates mm. music shows yeah i'm you know I, I guess i i guess i guess i could take a second to read a paragraph about the show but i don't have time for that i'm watching nailed it on netflix now what are some of your favorite shows of all time Seinfeld is like Seinfeld is my like, apps. I can quote from every episode of that wow. show. Now, do you do you go to the restaurant that they were at every day for lunch? No, no, but generally, I'm like finding myself in like a lot of situations where I'm like, yep, and there was a Seinfeld about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what do you think of Curb? I loved the first few seasons. I haven't watched any of the recent seasons. I haven't watched any of the recent seasons either. Why? I don't what know. I think I just sort I of have. got. I, I I got off it for some reason. Does I don't this, know why. Does this make me the authority? I, yeah, I guess. please talk. But I but I'm also I'm actually more, more interested why Meg and I didn't continue watching watching the seasons. I I don't know if it got too much. I think or, you keep finding ways to cut me out of the conversation. I'm I know, so sorry. Ben. I know. Let's, let's go back to you. you. Yeah. yeah. Be the so in season seven, what <laughs> <Okay>. happens? <laughs> we season, well, season seven is the Seinfeld season. Oh how, oh, how so? Uh, there. Oh, you the don't even know this. I don't. They read. They oh, Ben, you tell them. Yeah, yeah. It's the Seinfeld. They make a show. The season is about them making a Seinfeld reunion because oh, okay. they want to. They want to overcome the stigma of the last episode. That episode was terrible. Mm-hmm. So they talk about that the whole season about getting everybody yeah. together. It seems fairly formulaic. Curb and Seinfeld are very formulaic, and Curb is really just Seinfeld rerun and mm. more f bombs and yeah. Ted Danson. Yeah. That's I like bad. Ted Danson. Oh, God, I think it? Ted Danson's like kind of sexy. He's great. Wait, heard, now, wait, are you talking Cheers, Ted Danson? All of it. Ted Danson. The whole or, career. Bored to death. Everything. Uh, Bored no, to death, Ted the, Danson. Becker, Ted Danson. Keep going. No, that's it. <laughs> the Good Place, Ted Danson. The Good Place, Ted Danson. Right? That's a, that's a bookend right there. <laughs> Cheers and the a, Good that's Place. That's a career. That's a, that's, a Ted, that's a Ted Danson bookend. Speaking of careers. Ooh, good one. Meg, you have one. Yes. Yeah. In the English I department. I mm-hmm. do. I have a job. I am employed. I know. <laughs> so you take all these strands. Uh-huh. You've got a biology, English, undergrad background. Mm-hmm. Go fighting blue hens. You're uh, Santa Barbara with a very uh, uh, creative assemblage of fellow students and programming options. Mm-hmm. You are going to Paris and then getting into poetry. Mm-hmm. You are getting an MFA at BU. Then it's Brown. Then yeah. it's Concordia. Then it's Lafayette. Yeah, I'm tired. So how do all those things come together in your work now? Uh, my work's like really site-specific. So I think like it has a lot to do with place. Like mm. I'm writing a lot of poems about California now, yeah, even though I haven't lived there in years. Um, so I kind of like, I think like my work is very adrenaline. It has like sort of an adrenaline aesthetic and mm. it's like really, I think, informed by wherever I'm living mm. and how people talk there and who I talk to, I'm like a huge extrovert. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, want to talk to strangers all the time and hear, yeah. you know. So what are you going to have, are there going to be like uh, Easton poems? Or New York poems, this is what I was going to ask. There are some New York poems. Yeah. It's hard with New York though, because it's so iconic. Everything the, the feels traffic. a little bit. I mean, the, <laughs> really. You're constantly interrupted, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the traffic. But a lot of people to talk to. And the to. white men, what? She's arrived. A lot of people to talk <laughs> She's to. She's here. Wait, hold on. Um, and so as an extrovert, yes. that must be fantastic. It's wonderful. I love yeah. talking to people. Yeah. I don't have to see you again. Yeah, right? They think the best of me. Right. It's the people <laughs> I have to see again that are like, I don't know about you. <laughs> well, anything about Easton inspiring to you? Yeah. I mean, I love, there's like great hiking around here. Mm-hmm. I am not an outdoors kid there at all. Is. Yeah, yeah, there's like... It's called the Appalachian Trail. Uh, <laughs> that's a big one. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> sorry, I, I've never been, just to be... Yeah, I mean, I like the people here. I really like my colleagues. Yeah. I like the two of you. You, mm. who I just met, you seem lovely. I'm super lovely. <laughs> yeah. Sure, sure the he is. Students, the students, the students are the best part. They're, they're okay. okay. <laughs> Way to play they're, to the audience. They're right next door. I'm I know, <laughs> Are we really that. representative of the students of Lafayette? I don't know, are you? I don't know, I liked your sweater today. I want to tell you that. Yeah, you've got a great Thank sweater. It's an awesome sweater. I want to ask, are, are you? do you guys feel that you're representative of Lafayette out there? I would say no. no. I mean, well, I'm a I'm a posse scholar, so I would say that's not representative of what That's true. That's true. So do we pick like one thing to define ourselves by and yes, you have decide to. Yeah. if that's <laughs> representative? One thing, just the one. Like I'm from Seattle, so not representative nope. of the student body. Okay. It's true though. I have red hair, so not representative Definitely of the student not. body. Definitely not. Well, we have we have three women and one man out there, and so <laughs> that's not necessary. It's you. It's, it would if there was two and two, so. You guys, one of you guys got to leave. <laughs> I think is what I'm trying to say. 
You do run the numbers. I do run the numbers. That's it. So um, where, where are you publishing these days? I'm trying to get Ben to draw up one of your McSweeney's lists so he'll read it out loud. Oh, God, please do not do that. Did he use the pen name? Ah, uh, okay. Well, yeah, there's some stuff up on McSweeney's. Mm-hmm. Tin House, Plowshares, Chicago Review recently. Don't okay. you have a book manuscript too? Uh, I do have a book manuscript, yes. Are you shopping that around? I am shopping it around, so I guess we'll see <laughs> I don't know if I get tenured here. If, it's, mm-hmm. if anybody took to it, it's called Good Boys. Okay. Yeah. So what is that about? Well, so there's this great quote in Virginia Woolf's um, manifesto of, you know, get that room of your own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the dollar store version of, <laughs> of her book. Yeah. Um, uh, where she's like, uh, you know, you want to sh- you want to represent or try and write about the spot on the person's neck mm-hmm. where they can't see. Okay. Um, and men have been doing that for like ages, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a book about like witnessing or trying to figure out or deconstruct different narratives about like masculinity via real and imagined and persona poems in this manuscript. Okay. And luckily, our political situation is just such a stage for that. I mean, I just heard Joe Biden's beating up Trump, who's mm-hmm. beating up Joe Biden, and I'm just like, this is this is the world we live in. These are the people in charge. Mm-hmm. So um, there's some toxicity out there. I mean, that's like a euphemism, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I think it's another word. Maybe what you can't say on the radio. I don't. I, I don't think we're governed by any any. Yeah, we, we say whatever we want. But, I mean, yeah, every once in a while. Well, I guess we'll have to see that edited tape. It's a family see if it show. makes it in. <laughs> yeah. So is this is a manuscript? This is a, a, a book of poems. This is a book of poems. What was your dissertation? Uh, the dissertation was a science studies, feminist science studies dissertation, and it was about like subperceptual phenomena in uh, the molecular sciences and how they like kind of contributed to different ideas about vitality and vitalism throughout the late 19th century up through the 20th century. So it started out with like Mary Somerville and John Tyndall, like people who were writing before a lot of visualization technologies, mm-hmm. but were like trying to figure out about like the agency of like things you couldn't see, yeah. right? So they had to come up with all these like really beautiful figurative language for it, like cohesion and catalyst. And even the words like instability mean something really different when mm-hmm. you can't see the thing that you're trying to make guesswork about, right? Sure. Like you're trying to like figure out what that is. Mm-hmm. So if you read these man like these um, essays from uh, the late 19th century on radiant heat or on like for John Tyndall he has this like process of sterilization called Tyndallization they're really beautiful they're actually like poetry they're mm-hmm. they're totally lyrical and you know like John Tyndall will like write about like the fact that you know he's like an Irish catholic and of course like he's reading a lot of darwin at the time and that's kind of destabilizing his whole sense of self and Mm. he's also like running these experiments which are sort of counter to his ideas of like who has agency in the world and i don't know it's just this kind of alternative history of vitalism Mm. that is not necessarily just from phenomenology if that makes sense or not just necessarily from bergson's Mm. uh, work yeah no so explain that um (laughs) but for ben because you if it's not just from 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 phenomenology (laughs) well like for example there's like a there's like an intellectual history like a, in phenomenological studies that's interested in in one idea of like what vitalism might be right, but what I would became interested in and this is from working in a lab is that often the space before things become stable mm-hmm. right like in science you're just like you know you're doing a thousand experiments and then you're kind of all science is based on failed science mm-hmm. and pseudoscience, right? So my interest was like in like, well, what is this failed science? What do these kind of artifacts look like? And what kind of alternative history of vitality could they tell us, right? So for example, there's this professor at Berkeley named um, Mel Chen who wrote about getting toxic mercury poisoning, uh-huh. I think. And so they write uh, this this essay about getting mercury poisoning and feeling really ill and being on the couch with their girlfriend and hugging like the arm of their girlfriend and then later realizing that they were hugging the arm of their couch, not the girlfriend, but because they were so feverish and like messed up, right? And so they had this like whole idea of like, well, what, like just the ontological indiscernibility between the arm of the couch and the arm of the girlfriend made them like rethink like, well, what is the agency of like a toxin itself? Mm-hmm. How can we think about like the ways in which bodies are altered by not thinking through just human consciousness yeah. and just the human subject by thinking through like sort of non-human forms like viruses, thinking through paradigms like quarantine or contagion or Do you think of this as like two areas of work or does the sort of like poetic sensibility follow from those same ideas of 
how how we understand these pre pre perceptual I think like the certain kind of cognitive leaps that like I'll make in a poem. Mm. So like sometimes like half my poems like are about real time and space. And then sometimes they'll just go somewhere totally surreal. Like mm. all of a sudden you're like in Jupiter or something. And I think something about the cognitive leap that you can make from one space in a poem to another space in a poem is very much about what science teaches us as possible. Like mm. we didn't know what Jupiter was at one point. You know what I mean? Like there's a way in which you're the science, the imagination that science can like help expand is very much part of informs your lyrical imagination of where you think you can go and how you think you can digress and travel. Mm -hmm. This won't work because it's a visual reference, but in one of my classes, they look at a series of these landscape portraits and then I have them like choose what were their favorite three. This is for a first year seminar. Yeah. And one of them that has sparked the most discussion over the years is um, what seems to be maybe it's a forest, but it's just a shock of different colors, mm -hmm. like just a, a lot of red and yellow and green in the woods. And some students are like, no, I had that one like number 10 out of 10, like the last, like, what, I don't know, what the hell is that? Yeah. And then some students get really fired up like, no, it's a forest that's burning. And the way it's drawn or the way it's painted is as if you're like running down the road and you see it out of your peripherals. And they have this whole wow. elaborate description of the artist has captured the sense of what it seemed, what it feels like to run by a scene, but not quite perceive it, but sort of have a sense that it's there. Yeah. And uh, I, like I hadn't had that reading, but now every time I see that painting, that's what you think, yeah. I'm like, wow, that was really good. You see it with your rods and not your cones. <laughs> see, I can. Oh yeah. There big, you go. It's a big rod cone. Yeah. Talk to my dad. Oh, see if that's totally. Check it out. Yeah. He'll listen. He'll he'll love that one. <laughs> yeah, and then then you can do a, like a Kenny Rogers roaster sign with the framers. <laughs> <laughs> with the red light just yeah, yeah. Over. That's a good isn't episode. he mad about his rods and his cones uh, Kramer yeah. gets all very upset about this yeah, and then they switch apartments mm -hmm. yep. it's all good yeah. it is all good mm -hmm. you know what that show taught me is that okay. babka is a really fun word to say I say it all the time <laughs> babka. it's also delicious I mean it's also delicious yeah. two things at once word. yeah well it, it does remind us speaking of music yeah oh gosh this <laughs> Meg, I'd like to ask you about your musical <laughs> background. One question, three ways, three questions, one way. Either way you want to go. Doesn't matter. Doesn't. This part always gets cut. Yep. Meg, when you were 10, <laughs> did you have a favorite music and what was it? Um, I'm a youngest, so I was like a passive listener of, mm -hmm. of four. And so everybody, I just absorbed like Ace of Ace, <laughs> Boys to Men, Jamiroquai. Like whatever anybody was listening in the house is kind of yeah. what I... Can I just say there's... Nothing wrong with Jamiroquai. Oh, yeah, my brother was super right? into Really it. nothing? Uh, Zero. You can't think of one Maybe thing. the hat, but yeah. other than that, very <laughs> talented artist. Sure. That's all I want to say. Yeah. I don't want, there'll be no Jamiroquai bashing on the show, is all I want to say. Yeah, but this is nice because often, and, and I've started to even give the preface, that the 10-year-old question usually makes reference to whatever your parents were listening to. Mm. In this case, it's, it's older siblings. It's yeah. older siblings. My parents listen to a lot of blues. So they mm. listen to like a lot of Muddy Waters mm. and a lot of like jazz blues and some opera also. But was there any of those that you liked more than others? Um, Not just what were you listening to at the time, but aside, what did you really aside like? from Jamiroquai. Uh, of course. Okay. A 10? I mean, like... Ace of Base. I, yeah, I did like Ace they, of Base. They saw the sign. I did Ace. go through, like, a really embarrassing... I mean, like, my musical tastes are, like, the lamest things about my personality. Like, I listened Everybody to, like, says. the Backstreet Boys. Oh, that is, pretty that is pretty <laughs> But I was Still? interested in them as an archetype. I'm like, oh, look. Exactly. There's, like, a bad boy. And, I've like, seen a, them in concert. Yeah, right? Yeah. And how did they, they do? They really great. Thank you. Wait, Synchronized did, dancing. Thank amazing. you. Andy, did you see them in concert as an archetype? <laughs> or did you, wow. did you see them ironically? It was, it wow. was ironic. I say we leave it unsettled, okay. and, I'll, yes. and I'll ask instead yeah. if okay. your musical tastes changed by age 20. And it was it... still the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, went, I like, feel like I grew up in, like, the, in the when I was 20, like, during, like, a kind of beautiful indie kind of mm -hmm. music scene. So it was, like, Built to Spill, Modest Mouse. I wasn't listening to Radiohead anymore at that point, but, like, previous to that, I had been mm -hmm. to, like, six Radiohead concerts when I was, like, 17, 16, When did the Decemberists come in for you? What like that was actually the Decemberists I got into when I was 21 I remember because I was living in India for a few months and I really liked this guy and I was like listen to this music do you like it and he was like this is boring I know don't you hate that when they do I that know. it's like no like, it like really you were being like just a little bit like hey listen to this music it's probably okay and yeah. then they're like yeah that's not good and you're like oh come on so when you're 30 yeah how had that changed kind of actually returned back to like more blues and jazz so mm. I listen to a lot of Dinah Washington Sarah Vaughn 
Eartha Kitt, Big Mama Thornton, mm-hmm. Billie Holiday, that kind of stuff. I just like find it nice to put on the background. You know, I'm sort of like yeah. a passive music person. Like when everybody's like, listen to this, I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah. And I embarrassingly like look up references in my student's paper where they're mm. like, they'll mention a song or like they'll make reference to it in class. I'm like, yeah, totally. I'm like, write it down. <laughs> like, go watch a YouTube right. video. You're really just letting everything out here. I when they know. Listen. It's so embarrassing. She's I know, so cool. But, she knows all the songs. But we have so many people uh, in a row that by 30, it turns to jazz and, and mm-hmm. blues and but, yeah. al- but also what's interesting is sort of like you did the, the flip, like you're listening to the music your parents listen to yeah, totally. now at 30 rather yeah. than at 10. And they so like you, are serious. They go to like jazz festivals all over the country. Yeah. yeah. Most people would have been listening to jazz at 10 and Backstreet Boys at 30, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Um, do we can do a quiz? I think we should do a quiz. <laughs> oh my God. I think we're ready. I, to, I, yeah. Oh, we're ready for a Interns quiz. Interns are all ready. The quiz today is, this is these are this is the real or not quiz. Real or okay. not. So you have to say whether these things are real or not. A lot of quizzes are real or not. <laughs> uh, you go, le- go last because you have the advantage. Mm-hmm. So Simon will go first, then the interns and, and producer, and then yep. our guest. Sure. And um, these are, are these real poetry magazines or not? Oh, God. So we'll do the first one is the <laughs> mic check one, just mic to make sure everybody gets the feel of it. Feeling it. It's a very difficult concept. We like to do this. Mm-hmm. So Simon. Yeah. Poetry magazines, real or not? Oh, is poetry no a real poetry magazine man I w- yeah that sounds like a real poetry magazine i mean they're lucky that they got it that got that that, that name i yeah. suppose they registered the url back in the uh, 20s yeah good <laughs> poetry.com sure. anyway all of them um i'm gonna start with claire what do you think poetry i went la- i went first last time okay then andy <laughs> Poetry. I think yes. Seems legit. Ben, poetry. Remembering this yep. is the mic check question okay. where the answer is always yes. Um, now we're going to you, Claire. Yeah. Okay. And Michelle. I think it's safe to risk yes. Okay. Now, Meg, what do you think? Yes, it is one of the most famous poetry magazines. All right. I have I have another question. Okay. Now we're past the mic check one. Yeah. Now, now this gets real. Uh-huh. Or not. Yeah. Uh, I like that. How about two peach? Two peach. There's a wordplay here that I'm not getting yet. Two peach. You know, I'm going to say no because it's another fruit. Or no, or, or a different Poetry number. Poetry isn't a fruit. A different number of peaches. What was the first offering of you numbers said of two, peaches? You said two peach. Two peach. Two peach instead of three peach <laughs> or two pears. I don't know what you're talking. I'm not reading it. <laughs> I'm just hearing it. Uh-huh. So that's all I know. Would you like to know that it's T-W-O peach? Yeah. Two peach. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. What, what am I mishearing here? Uh, Andy, what am I mishearing here? I don't know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you only have to say uh, yes, or, yes no. or no. You don't have to try and get in my mind. And I think yes. No. Oh, okay. Uh, wait, Ben? No. Claire? I'm going to agree with Ben. Good. Uh, wait, which Ben? Mm. Oh. You didn't answer yeah. this yeah. question. You <laughs> made this quiz. Yeah. <laughs> if I can answer I agree with the Ben who wrote this quiz every time, then I'm happy to make that my oh, running answer. It's a mm-hmm. solid answer. Is anyone else confused by the words that he's using? I mean, I understand the words. I'm just waiting for the joke. But There's do you always un- a joke. Exactly. But do you understand my confusion? Yes, uh-huh. it's okay, real. Good. And that's literally what it's called. Two yeah, peach. but then the next one will be a joke. Ex- that, mm, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll see, we'll see what can, happens. Can Meg answer? <laughs> yeah, Meg, please. Two peach. It is a journal. How do you know? <sighs> I know because I have been in it. And uh-huh. also because it is run by two excellent poets named Anna Morrison and Catherine Pond out of la okay so what's the what's the name about two peach they're both from georgia and uh, there's two of them <laughs> Cute. okay now yeah. we get it but but Jeez. but we could okay what's the next question you've ben? wrapped yourself all around there but three apple but what do you got <laughs> the next one is the dipper the dipper it has nothing to do with peaches oh man but this is going to be another constellation <laughs> it's going to be perseus what, what was the first oh, oh ryan uh i don't know the dipper. i don't know anymore uh the dipper we're t- Michelle, uh, Michelle, you understand. I'm trying to play the quiz master, right? Yeah, but by saying I don't know anymore, that implies that at any point during this production, you knew something. You're right. You're, you're right. Just confusing That's yourself. That's true. I am. I am just going in circles here. The Dipper. I'll say no. What do you think, Andy? Yes. Oh, okay. Ben. No. Claire. Gonna agree with Ben on this one. Nice, uh, Michelle. Yes. It's going to be the pattern for the whole I, Maybe it will be. What do, we, what do we think, Meg? I'm the Dipper. Say no. It is no. So what is it? <laughs> well, in honor of this episode dropping at the beginning of the baseball season, oh, the Dipper, God. obviously that gives it away because you're thinking, oh, that's right. That's Rick Dempsey's nickname from the, 
1983 uh, World Champion Orioles. Yeah, he was the he was the MVP for the team. So I mean, I'm glad I figured you, you kind of backtrack that. The Dipper. Yeah, Rick Dempsey as yeah, a catcher. Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Baseball and poetry, hand in hand. It's a regular peanut butter and chocolate. Casey at the bat. <laughs> All right. How about shortstops? Oh God. <laughs> no, that's a Cal Ripken's position. No. <laughs> What do, you, um, what do you think? Claire? I think no. Andy and now Ben. What do you think? Yes. Claire. I agree with Ben. Claire. <laughs> <No. laughs> there we go. Oh, I see a pattern forming. Michelle, what do you think? Um, I'm going to break my my position and say yes. Yes. <laughs> Meg. I'm actually going to say no. Yes, it is funny. It is. It wow. Is. It's an Irish poetry magazine. <laughs> why have, why haven't you should we should read all of them? I'm how how many can there be? I'm shamed. Yeah. There's actually too many. Okay. <laughs> yeah. My bad. I thought there were maybe like a half dozen. It's a good one. Yeah. I don't think they're baseball themed. I'm not sure. Okay. I haven't read their whole back catalog. Okay. Well, what is your next damn question? Next one is 323. 323. Now, what is the area code 323? Anyone? Ben? Can you tell me what the area code 323 and then I will give my answer. He, he won't play the quiz. On my phone? He's no. only playing no, I got, the quiz I got, master. I got, I got a fact checker out if there. If you just focus on the quiz and not the quiz master. L.A. L.A. Yes, then. It is. Yes. Andy, what yeah. do you think? I ben. Think, yes. What do you think? No. Whoa. Claire's going to say what Ben said. Claire? I'm going with Ben on this one. Nice. <laughs> and Michelle, what do you think? I'll go yes. And I've never heard think, of Meg? it, so. That's a no. What? Again, it's a gimme. But it's we a 323 code. Ripken batted 323 in his oh. MVP season oh, of 1991. That's <laughs> true. No, I didn't I know you were so into baseball. Yeah. Kind of, we got Rain he's Man not, in here asking Googling the questions. He's Googling these things right before we really start. Cal Rookin, he batted 323, hit 34 home runs, knocked in 114 RBIs. Thanks, it's Rain Man. To Let's tell. go to the next question. You're going to drop a thing of toothpicks. You can How count do them people all. not know I'm an Orioles fan? No, we know. We're painfully aware. Right, how about 14 by 14? That is the size of the Orioles <laughs> dressing room. Uh, I'm going to say no again because I don't, I just, I'm so tired. Maybe it's a reference to Fixer Upper. That's true. They do, they may, They have dimensions have of things. Have you actually seen the show? Oh, yeah. Oh, you have, okay. I, yeah, I'm the one, I'm the, they got I'm a not, magazine. I'm, I'm you haven't. No, I've never. Chip and Joanne. I don't usually, I don't usually watch a lot of those reality shows. I do watch a lot of the MTV reality shows. Is MTV still on? Um, yeah, I'm always yeah. surprised MTV still on. Challenge, Teen Mom. Teen Mom 2. Is MTV now for your age demographic? Do you think? <laughs> I think it just like grew it up with you. Yeah. I think it might be. It's an interesting show to watch. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that for all the viewers out there. Um, yeah, no, 14 by 14 is not a poetry journal. It's some other thing. What do you think, Andy? I think no. Okay, Ben? Yes. Claire? What Ben said? Yep. And <laughs> Michelle? I'll go now. Okay, what do you think, Meg? It's 14. a yes. It's a yes. Damn it's a it. yes. Oh, come on. What, is it, what does that even mean? Sonnets. What's 14 by 14? Sonnets, but it's, isn't it out of like, is it out of Tupelo or is it out of? Oh boy, you would know, not me. Okay, never mind. If it's okay. a yes, 14 by 14. Of course it is. That's sonnets. Are you ready for the next one? Not really. How about the walrus? Um, you should know this. This will be bad if you don't know this. Wait a second. Yes. The yes. walrus was the nickname of. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan. No. Um, Who's the fourth starter? No, I don't know why I should know is this. It something Canadian? It's probably something Canadian, so I'm going to say yes. <laughs> of course it is. Farley Mowat wrote for that poetry book. He was a Canadian author. Sure. So just to let you know. Um, what do you think, uh, Andy? Uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with Simon. Thanks. I appreciate that. Ben? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Claire? I'm going with Ben on this one. Michelle? <laughs> I'll go yes. You okay. know, Claire, I can... You don't have to say anything. I can just like cut and paste that. <laughs> That's true. He has that ability. Yes. yes Make the walrus. It's out of Toronto. Uh, exactly. It's yes. Canadian. Yes. I thought it was a Toronto. great nickname yes. for a sidearm reliever. Somebody's got to be called the I walrus. I think, no, there was a, someone called the He had a very large mustache. Yeah, that was a golfer. Really? Yeah. No, no th- there's been relievers with large mustaches. Yeah. But Goose Gossage had a mustache. He had a the mustache. walrus is like the Canadian New Yorker. That's is it people, really? That's what people have told me. <laughs> May we go on? Yeah, oh, sure. Um, hat, hat. Hat, hat. One more time. <laughs> two peach hat hat. Hat two hat. Peach hat. hat. The, the things in Star Wars were ad hats, right? Hmm, I don't know. They weren't hat hats. Yes. Thank you. So given that, I'm going to say clearly, yes, hat hat is a poetry journal and not a baseball reference. Uh, what do you think, uh, Andy? I'm going to go yes. Claire. 
Oh, look what I did. Wow. Turn the Damn. tables. Turn the tables. It took me a while to turn those tables, though. I was going to say. You're right? <laughs> should have done that earlier. What do you think, Claire? Could you repeat the question? Hat, uh, hat, hat. Hat, hat. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Ben, what do you think? What did you say, Claire? <laughs> I oh, said, man. yeah, definitely. No. Oh, oh nice one, Ben. There's some tension Michelle. in the studio. Good old yeah. Ben. What do you think? Okay, Meg. Hat, hat. I'm going with what Ben said. Hat, hat. What did Ben say? He said, he said, no, wait, what did you put, man, what did you say? We're not, we're not keeping track. He said, he said, no, it's a no. What is it? Come on. The Orioles hat is known for having an Oriole oh on it. Who's wearing a hat. God. Hat, hat. They have a hat on the hat. <laughs> Do it. Did, but it, but it isn't known as hat hat. <coughs> Among some circles. Yes. Among just you <laughs> there's is a, what you're saying. There's a hat on the hat. Mm-hmm. It's very unusual. Mm. That's all. Yep. But on his hat isn't another hat. So it's not an infinite regress. Isn't hat on a hat like a com- a comedy term? Ass hat. What? what? <laughs> no, you like you put a hat on a hat, like you're make taking something funny and trying to make it oh, really? funnier again. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. You're getting schooled. Wait, 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 tell tell us more about this turn comedy term. I've not I've not heard of this. No, I have. I'm not. I'm actually being sincere. I hate I hate the fact that I can't. I have to say I'm being sincere. It was what Michelle said. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Thanks. I, she, she explained I, it. Yeah, I learned something. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, See, that's pretty a well. fact check kind of question. That's good. She's good at her job. Good job. Thanks, Michelle. Uh, how about the Raven Chronicles? The Raven. The Baltimore Ravens were a football team. Are they now still a football like, team? Yeah. Are they still there? Yeah, they're still there. Ah, interesting. Then no, the Ravens Chronicle is a. Um, a blog about the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> um, dot com. What do you think, Andy? What'd you say? The uh, Raven Chronicles. Raven Chronicles. What did I say or yeah. what did Ben say? Oh, I, I think it's a blog about the uh, Baltimore Ravens football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Yep. Good call. I'm going to go with Ben. Ben again. Yes. Yes. Because the Raven is not a poem. It a very fine, famous poem. Mm-hmm. 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 Good reference. Yep. Name name that poet. Yep. <coughs> yep. Nevermore. That's a thing. Edgar and Edgar That's Nevermore. Isn't wait? He was from Baltimore. He was from Baltimore. That's why they named the football team that. Probably. Uh, Claire, what do you think? I'm gonna go with Ben on this yep. one. Yep. And Michelle. Um, I'm gonna go with. It's like a fantasy series or something like that. Okay. And Meg, what do you think? I also think it probably exists, but I have not really heard of it. It does exist. Yeah. It's a real poetry magazine. It is? Yeah. Uh-huh. Out of Baltimore. No. Oh, yeah. That's, reference the, to that's the weirdest question okay. I could ask. <laughs> sure. Okay. Wow. Should we, should we just leave it there? Yeah, let's yeah. leave that let's there. Just yeah. leave it there. There's a really funny... Um, Podcast that's not this? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, but because there's so many podcasts. But Fact the, check. Uh, Jeffrey Lewis, who I've mentioned before. Oh, yeah. He saw Will Oldham on a train. Yeah. Uh, he does this really funny New York Lower East Side Are version. Are you of... Jeffrey Lewis? No. Interesting. Anyway. <laughs> he he spoofs the Raven and does it as a pigeon on the Lower East Side. That's really funny. Hmm. It's a scene-specific, site-specific. Yes, site-specific. Also, Edgar Allan Poe was not born in Baltimore. He died in Baltimore. Are you, I feel like that's fact very check? representative of his I work. Did, I did fact-check. Claire, your job is not fact-checking. I know, Ben's but... Job. I, Where was he born? He was born in Boston. Oh, of course. Yeah. Poe was one of those... B2B. What did this come up? Was it, This must have been a different conversation. I thought it was on the show. Poe was one of those ones that, like, 12 cities want to have some claim... Mm-hmm. Sure. And like you find out that it was he stayed at a hotel here once. Yeah. I have a I have a question. Is Alan his middle name? Is it part of his first name? Or part of his last name? It's his middle name. I think it's his middle name. Okay. Just wanted to know. You know he went to the middle. He went to the University of Virginia too. <laughs> it's in the middle. They kept his uh his his dorm is still there. It's like a glass door so you can see and to see what a dorm looked like a lot in of the eighteen thirties. A lot of Morrissey posters. That's <laughs> 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 so what I would expect. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, speaking of Morrissey. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, wow. Okay. You. Here we go. Um, Meg, what day do you prefer, Friday or Sunday? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Didn't see that coming. I um, <laughs> want to say yeah. that in theory, I would like to say that I'm a Sunday person. Yeah. I actually think I'm a Friday person. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Walk us through that. Yeah. 
Tell us your thought process. I mean, I'm aspirationally a Sunday person because people I admire are Sunday people. Mm -hmm. Like people who I think are really, really brilliant. Mm And like kind of quiet and introverted. These guys here? Yeah. Or like. I was pointing to us. You know, Alex and Elaine or something. Mm -hmm. Um, I was thinking like (laughs) those are like Sunday people. Was she a Sunday person? I don't know if she was. Can someone go back in the archives and check that out? Let's cut this whole thing. We don't. don't, She doesn't need to do that. Um, And but no, I think aspirationally I want to be a Sunday person because I feel like they have like a lot of gravitas or something. (laughs) But in reality, I'm still like a Friday person. I'm still in that kind of juvenile like, Mm -hmm. woo, it's Friday. How do you feel about black licorice, though? Not for me. Exactly. So you are a Friday person. You are a Friday yeah, person. I'm that not, sort of I proves it. Yeah, I don't like black licorice. That's yeah. Right. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to. Um, you don't have to. You don't have to worry about it. You're a Friday person. Uh, are, are we good? I think. I think we're good, right? Yeah. I think so, we're good. Meg <laughs> Fernandez, thank you so much for um, being here. Hey, do you have any upcoming appearances? Actually, yeah, I'm giving um, a reading in Brooklyn okay. on April 13th. Okay. Um, and it's at Pete's Candy Store, which doesn't sound like a real thing, but it's like a really old uh, venue. Candy Store? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, it's like where a lot of like reading series yeah. started. In is, it, is it near Red Hook? Park Slope? Ditmas? Where is it? Well, it says Lorimer Street, so Williamsburg. Oh, it's Williamsburg. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Williamsburg. Yeah. They're churning a lot of butter, Williamsburg. Yeah. I like their colonial reenactments. It's too much there. Um, ben, are you going to be anywhere anytime soon? Uh, I'll be at the uh, Giggle Factory and. <laughs> Kalamazoo. Okay. You're switching it up from the good old uh, franchise of Chuckle Factory. <laughs> yeah, it's the 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 laugh uh, the laugh works. Yeah, in Phoenix. Okay. Okay. Well, well um, that's great. Meg, what about you, Simon? Wait, no, yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> do you have, do you have the, any appearances? I'll be at the Chuckle Hut in Phoenix. We'll be at competing Phoenix places. <laughs> we will be. <laughs> uh, Meg, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Meg. Um, Thank you, you can. What can we do? You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at some, some later date on Twitter. You can get a Twitter and you, then follow us. Yep. You can follow me on Instagram at some point. Woo-hoo. And then you can uh, also email us. The mail ba- the mail ba- bag has been overflowing. Oh, we, still we have not been to able to get to it. But you should. But if you do get to it, we probably will read your message on. Sorry, we're so behind. Butters at gmail.com. Um, I think that's good. I think that's headphones off. Headphones off. I, I had never, I had never had a black and white cookie until fairly recently. But can I just say I'm a huge fan, and it's just a, a circle cake. It's actually a cake. It's not really a cookie. Can we describe it as a cake rather than a cookie? I think it's kind of a cookie. Is it? It's so it's so thick and moist. It's so good. I know. But do you think there's a like? Is there a thickness? Is there a tipping point when it's too thick and it's just a cake? I think I think maybe. I think I think, I think that's what, the what's thing. the tipping point? Um, yeah, in, you should in, be in the inch and a half. Is it? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't think it's thickness. I think it's texture. If it's if it's squishy. Oh, yeah, there's some squishiness to it. I'm just going to let you guys go on. So we got yeah, squishy? Yeah, <laughs> you, you guys got yeah, it. We got thickness, we okay. got squishy. Uh-huh. What if it has texture, like, don't forget texture. What if it has icing on it? You can have an iced cookie and an iced cake. Okay, so that that's obviously not something you, you subtract that out. Well, it's but, not but a defining what, characteristic. But what if it's the percentage of icing to actually baked material? Interest, I think actually that's very important. Mm-hmm. I think that's an excellent point. You bring because up. you're not going to have a, like a one-inch cake with two inches of icing on it. That's true. Well... But, but you could have a cookie could, that's like cream. a couple, you know, a, a quarter of an inch, and it's got a half an inch of icing on it. Yeah, yeah you can have that's better. plausible. Anyway, I really like the black and white. I think we should work this out later. Sure. I've never ever once said that I was cultured. Let's just make that clear. Never once. This will be edited so well you'll have no idea.